been watching you a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 come on Time to talk cricket with Adam Burnett from uh, cricket.com. Morning, Adam. How are you? Morning, guys. I'm very well. How are you? Good. Uh, plenty of cricket on, of course. Uh, we'll get to the World Cup semi-finals in uh, just a minute, the T20 format. But yesterday, uh, George Bailey announced a couple of Australian squads for one-day internationals and test cricket. Uh, not large squads. He said the COVID era was over, so back to sort of uh, more streamlined squads. Any uh, surprise omissions or selections in either squad for you? Like you said, they were they were uh, smaller squads than what we've become accustomed to. So I guess you know the likes of um, pace bowlers like Jai Richardson, Michael Nisa, these guys um, were not picked in the Test squad this time around. Uh, even though they both saw some Test action last summer, um, but that doesn't mean they can't come in. Obviously, with with injuries and the like. Um, so no no real surprises in, in either of those squads, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got five tests to look forward to this summer, West Indies and South Africa, and some some one days against England beforehand. So, yeah, Pat Cummins begins his new era as the, the white or as the one-day captain, and, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. We have a 50-over World Cup in India. I think it's October of next year. So is this the start of that preparation for here, Adam, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think they've probably already been tinkering. They had some one-days... Um, in Pakistan and Sri Lanka or, or earlier this year where they, they did some experimenting with, with Manus Labashain in the middle order there. And I think they've, they've you know, those conditions are somewhat similar to India and they, they would have been looking with an eye to that World Cup already. Um, but, yeah, now it, it gets a bit more serious, doesn't it? 12 months away, um, no Aaron Finch, so they need a new opener. Um, Travis Head looks like he's going to get first crack there. And um, yeah, the, it's a it's a pretty stable squad. Um, it's getting towards that. I mean, you see young Cameron Green in there, but aside from that, it's, it's a very experienced squad as well. I'd say most of the guys are pushing thirty, if not well into their thirties. Just a couple of names, uh, Adam. I'm interested on your thoughts. Uh, firstly, mm. do you think Manus Labuschagne is cemented in that one-day team at the moment? And uh, secondly, I didn't hear the interview, but Paul said that uh, George Bailey specifically mentioned Peter Hanscom. Now he's been a prolific run scorer at domestic level. Is, is mm. he getting back on the international radar? Do you think? And, and if so, in which form? Yeah. So um, the first one, Manus. I wouldn't say he's cemented his one-day spot yet, and I'd say he would say the same. He, you know, we we know how much Manus loves just play, <laughs> to play mm. cricket, so he he would have ambitions, no doubt, to be in in all three formats. Um, they've been trying him; he, he's done okay uh, in the middle order. There, he's got a good record with Queensland in in the middle order in one day cricket. Um, I think he would be a nice fit there around the four number four mark for for Australia in the ODI side, but. Yeah, he hasn't quite had that breakout knock. He has had has scored 100, but um, that was against South Africa in South Africa at the start of last year. Um, but yeah, he hasn't quite cemented himself yet. Um, and as for Hanscom, um, I think Bailey was referencing him there. You mentioned he's been in in really good touch in in Shield cricket and and domestic cricket in general. Um, he's probably looking at him as a potential. India tourist early next year, um, plays spin well, uses his feet well and, and has done well over in the subcontinent in the past in India and Bangladesh. So it'd be an interesting one. I mean, that 
Test top six is fairly stable. Travis Head's probably the guy overseas particularly who um, who needs runs. Um, he had a good home summer last year, but not so much a good time of it in Pakistan and Sri Lanka. The 14-man squad for the three games against England, just the three quick bowlers have been named here, and they're basically a, a, our test pace attack. Mm. You know, Pat Cummins has got to play because he's the captain, so do you think the other two may rotate in and out of these games because they seem to have an awful lot of, of all-rounders there. Now that Cameron Green is in this squad with uh, Mitchell Marsh as well as Marcus Stornis and Glenn Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what format they go with. They've got Agar in there as well, so they could potentially play Agar and Zampa um, depending on the conditions. It's going to be a, a nice long batting order. If um, if Agar gets in there, and, and as you mentioned, with all those all-rounders, um, those guys probably haven't played a ton of cricket though. Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins, uh, in terms of getting themselves ready for a Test summer, so they might quite enjoy a, a ten-over um, mm. stint as opposed to these four-over stints that they they've become accustomed to recently. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see which way they go there. Um, good opportunity though for those three to. Um, to get back and, yeah, sort of start steering their way towards um, the, the World Cup. What I'll be interested in mostly, though, is uh, when the T20s do resume, Australia got a big break now. I think it's not till next August, but whether they do continue trying to push these big three in all three formats or whether they say, you know, OK, let's concentrate, taper them back to one day and test or, or even potentially eventually you know, do a Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson play them in just test cricket. Yeah, what do you think they will do? I would have thought, given the next uh, T20 World Cup is the year after that, uh, mm. 2024, it's unlikely you think they would keep pushing all three in all three formats, isn't it? I think so. I think um, once they come up with a, you know, we've got a sort of a nine-month window now mm. to really devise a new strategy for our T20 squad, um, which could potentially feature, well, it will feature new names, Um and, yeah, perhaps by then Stark will be heading towards mid-30s, Hazelwood 32-ish, 33. Um, by the time the next T20 World Cup rolls around, Cummins will be into his 30s as well. So, yeah, I think it makes sense. The volume of cricket these guys are um, scheduled to play every year now, it, it's, it's enormous. So tapering back has worked um, with the likes of Anderson and Broad. Yeah, we see absolutely. those guys still going strong. Now, we heard uh, this morning, we went through it, that the Prime Minister's eleven has been announced. They'll be playing mm-hmm. against the West Indies, a four-day game in Canberra. It's the West Indies' only lead-up game into the first test. George Bailey has said, effectively, this is a second eleven. We see that Todd Murphy, a young spin bowler from Victoria, is in that team with Ashton Agar, but no Mitchell Swepson. What do we make of that, do you think, Adam? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, um, I, I feel like Swepson's pretty unlucky there. Um, if, if it is indeed an Australia A squad, as, as Bailey essentially described, I'm surprised not to see him there. Todd Murphy, I know they've got big raps on him to a Sri Lanka as well with Australia A earlier this year. Um, they see a lot of Nathan Lyon in, in him. Um, so he might be the, the one they're looking to as, as a long-term option. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the communication has been with Swepson, though. It'll be interesting to find that out.
Well, that's a really interesting point you make. Uh, we sort of talk about, uh, you know, who's going to replace our gun-fast bowlers. We sometimes forget Nathan Lyon, of course, mm-hmm. has been a fixture mm-hmm. for so long and can't go on forever. And uh, we've got to be uh, sort of uh, giving finger spinners uh, who can play at test level an opportunity. So that makes a bit of sense. And perhaps, you know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. There could be a bit of a message going out to Mitch Swepson in one way or another. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really would have loved to have seen Swepson get an opportunity on home soil at some stage in the last couple of seasons. He was bowling so well in the shield and taking a lot of wickets. He had a bit of an untimely injury with his neck situation there. But, yeah, if they could have somehow got him in there, um, I think he would have done well. They got, um, obviously, a test debut in Pakistan and and bowled in Sri Lanka. He seemed to find his way um, reasonably well after a bit of a shaky start. I'm surprised that he's not featuring here. Um, But, yeah, hopefully we see his name pop up soon somewhere. Well, doesn't do him any favours when they pull him out of a Shield game to go and play a a T20 warm-up game in Perth to bowl four overs instead (laughs) of bowling with a red ball. I do know, Andrew, we asked this question earlier. Mm. Are Queensland playing a Shield game very close to those dates? Yes, they are. They have a, a game starting in Adelaide on the 20th of November against South Australia. But they have pulled those other Queenslanders out, Nisa, Renshaw and Steckley. So mm. hopefully what he needs, Adam, is just some more uh, time. Now, what are your thoughts for these T20 World Cup semi-finals that get underway starting today, New Zealand taking on Pakistan? It's a couple of blockbusters, isn't it, guys? I'm oh, yeah. really looking forward to these ones. This one tonight, oh, gosh, it... <laughs> I know it's easy to say T20 can go either way, but really feels like a coin toss. I, I'm going to back Pakistan, though, I think. Uh, what have they won? Three on the trot now. Uh, it just feels like things are starting to click for them, and once they do get going uh, with that bowling attack, they seem like they're going to be pretty hard to stop. Uh, well, yeah, what do you guys think? Oh, I reckon this is the uh, fascinating one tonight because Pakistan mm. couldn't produce anything. Um, uh, but you, you just keep underestimating New Zealand, don't we? Uh, mm. Keep uh, thinking whoever they're playing, oh, if they play well, they'll beat New Zealand. But they're really well-led New Zealand. He's a good captain, Williamson. And they've got some real talent there. I think Santner's has been bowling exceptionally well. Uh, this Phillips... He looks good. Uh, Finn at the top of the order. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got some real talent there in New Zealand. They can't be underestimated, but I'm with you. I think it's just a toss of the coin. And then uh, I, I feel like India at Adelaide tomorrow night, they'll have a massive crowd in their favour. Yeah, and I, yeah I, I think they'll be too strong for England tomorrow night. I think India will be there. And um, I guess it's the... If Australia can't be there, I guess it's the promoter's dream to have an India-Pakistan final at the MCG. Would would be uh, well, we've seen already once this tournament, and it was electric. I, I'm with you on that one, Adam. I I personally would love to see Pakistan and India at the MCG packed out. The crowd would just be unbelievable, and then the uh, the TV audience worldwide, Andrew, could exceed anything we've seen before. Could do, um, but it'll only need India to be there, and it'll be a pack. Of, it'll be uh, sold yes. out no matter what. I will tell you what, playing in Adelaide, <laughs> if that Soraya starts, um, you know, stepping across and whipping those balls over square leg and those short square boundaries in Adelaide, uh, they'll be fetching the ball from the town centre there for most of the night. <laughs> the way he was hitting on the other night, he was something else, wasn't he? He's he's a freak, isn't he, guys? <laughs> he, he and he's in some touch. I mean, it took him a while to crack that Indian squad, but. Now he's there and he's just getting it done. I think he saw the other day he scored a thousand T20 runs this year for India, and he's done it at a strike rate of about 186. It's just mm. incredible stuff. So 
that's a, that's a new benchmark really. And um, with him in the middle at, at the top order, that have got Coley in form. Yeah, they're, they're looking pretty red hot at the moment. And tell you one thing about uh, uh, both sides in the past. We, we may have mentioned again this this morning, Andrew. Injury and Pakistan haven't been great fielding sides, but in mm. this tournament, they've both been exceptional. Mm. Yeah, much better. Certainly much better. Um, yeah, they're, they're two, uh, well, salivating matches. Uh, and Coley's got a fabulous record at the Adelaide Oval as well. So that's another One thing. One of his favourite grounds, uh, yes. In favour. But India, but England have got, you know, they bat deep. They've got good variety in their attack. Uh, they've been a really good T20 team for a while. They can't be underestimated as well. As you say, Adam, they're two matches to really look forward to. They certainly are. I'm looking forward to them, guys. I, I think it's a, a, a good top four as in yeah. that. The, the right result for the tournament, and, um, yeah, they're going to be beauties. Good on you, Adam. Always a pleasure, mate. We'll catch up again next week. Cheers, guys. Enjoy the games.